Welcome to the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to the listeners, the big friends of the pod. Mm -hmm. We were talking a little in the pre-show after show about uh, how there's a good listener base out there. We appreciate you guys listening, spending the time with us. This is coming from a guy who just did a... Uh, a detox, if you will, on my podcast feed. Deleted some old podcasts that were stressing me out that I didn't really need anymore in my life. So, you know what? Big shout to you guys for taking the time to listen to us. You don't have to, but you do. Yeah, so that's, thank you. that's all I was going to add is that it's um, there's a lot of content out there. Mm-hmm. There's a saturated podcast market. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyone who does listen to our show, we greatly appreciate yeah, because, yeah. Um, you know... It's a lot. And we just got to 80 episodes, Sean. Our 80th episode. Uh, which is no small feat, and it doesn't even include the 10 minutes or less that we did for <laughs> that's, like yeah, that's for true. a minute there. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of 80, in 1980... What do we got for albums that came out in 1980? Big, classic albums. Uh, we got Remain in Light by Talking Heads. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Scary Monsters by David Bowie. Blizzard of Oz by Ozzy Osbourne, Double Fantasy by John Lennon and Yoko mm. Ono. You got Sandinista by The Clash. Oh, hell yeah! I'm gonna find a few more here. Closer or closer, depending on how you I pronounce think it's it. Closer. Embrace debate. S- embrace debate. I always thought I like it being closer because it, it's a nice double entendre. Yeah. Um, and by Joy Division. By Joy Division. Sorry. Um, a few nerds let's out see there. if I can find one more. Uh, the B-52's second album. Oh, Rock Lobster. That was on the first album, which came out in Here's a little history bites for you, Jake. Yep. Miracle on Ice, 1980. Uh, the Ruskies, they're moving into Afghanistan. Yep. Countries in turmoil. Long lines at the, the petrol stations. Yep. Yep. We can't get gas. What do we have? Mike Ruzioni. Yep. The Boys in Blue. They go beat the Russians at the 1980 Winter Olympics. Kurt Russell. That's I. That's a great movie. It, Say what you will about the Disneyfication of that story. Great movie. So here's something I've wondered, and I won't go on too long about this. How long beforehand did Al Michaels have Do You Believe in Miracles stashed away before he uncorked that one at the I, end of the game? I like to think he is so good at his job that Careful he's just here. an oracle of yeah. great phrases, and that just kind of came to him. I, you gotta think that he had it that because it's so okay, specific. Fine. Second period, maybe. And he had time I, to think about it because yeah. in hockey, if you have a lead yeah, and the clock's true. running down, you have a while to think about what if, <laughs> what could I say? It's not like it was a buzzer beater. Nah, that's where true. you just like, oh my god, and it came to him in that moment. It's probably premeditated. I think he was sitting on that yeah, one. You're probably right. Hey, that's one of the all-time calls, though. Yeah, that's like the call. Yeah, it's like probably the most famous. I also like the Kirk Gibson. I don't believe what I just That's saw. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, Joe Buck. Joe Buck with Red what? Sox fans have longed to hear it. I've never liked that call that it's much. Okay. It's okay. It's pretty good. I know we just we joke about it. Okay, we're getting off track. We're off and off on a tangent here. Let's dive in with one of our our go to segments here. Mm-hmm. Hot thoughts, but we're gonna mix it up a little bit. This is gonna be a hot thoughts slash trust tree for yeah, you here because we have. One hot thought that's also a trust tree, so it's still related to hot thoughts, which is our segment about new albums mm-hmm. and new music that's coming out. And then I just have a straight up trust tree that's sort of weird and not related to anything. I, I, I saw that. Yeah. Um, all right, trust tree for me. I really don't care about this new Jay Z album. What is it? Four forty four. Yeah. I don't care. It's a title exclusive. It might as well not exist outside of music writer Twitter and yep. like people who are subscribed to title for some reason. Uh, we used to be subscribed to Title back when that's where you could only get, what, Life of Pablo and be, uh, Lemonade. Lemonade's still Title exclusive. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. See, what I've learned is that eventually stuff ends up just coming out on Spotify anyways. That's what I'm banking not on with this. Not for the Carter family. Yeah, maybe not. It probably won't, actually. But I am hoping at some point there's some sort of wide release with it. Do you care about this album? So I wish I had another take for the sake of making it more interesting, but I don't really. It's the same for me. It's like I've never been way into Jay-Z. I've never like followed his career all that closely where I need to listen to a new album I do see it's getting good reviews and I'll say that I like the cover art and the album title of it I think it has kind of a cool aesthetic going for it Uh, do you know what we're looking at in terms of length I I don't I don't know either I don't um, I would guess probably like an hour or more just because that's what we've come to expect here's the deal with Jay-Z I even his best stuff that I've tried to listen to I can't break in with it. I tried to listen to the blueprint. 
I there was some good stuff, but it's not something I wanted to revisit. Um, you know, I liked him on Watch the Throne. I've tried to listen to other stuff here and there, and it's just not something that I love or gravitate towards. Yeah, it's so totally for you. It's it's hard. It's hard for me, and it's hard for me to care about this late career. Jay Z album, like response to Lemonade, or people have said it's not really a response I, to Lemonade. I think it's being blown up. So th- this is kind of my whole point about it, where 444 and a new Jay Z album just seems like an excuse to write about Jay Z, and it's a good content cycle yep. for like music publications. That's really the only people I've been hearing talk about this, where the the critics are like, oh. Jay-Z returns to form his best album in years, blah, 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 blah. Like, what does that even mean? Let me ask you this, and this is with, I have no information, because I only saw, like, maybe a tweet or a headline. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I've done no research. Did it already go platinum because of, like, of uh, T-Mobile or something? One of the, yes. What, what's Sprint. 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 This is bullshit. You can't have an album go platinum just because it's on people's phones or whatever. It's like the U2 thing with that album that was on everyone's phone. Like, yeah. Streaming, I can. I guess I can understand streaming counting towards it. God knows you're not going platinum with by by being title exclusive though. But is that technically because Sprint bought all those copies? Technically, yes. So, I think you're right because they paid him for the right to exclusively have that album. This is where Jay Z is in his career relative to Kanye because like Kanye West just kind of redefined albums again with the Life of Pablo. Granted, not an album that either of us thought was up to snuff with his best work but I think we both still liked it and it challenged a lot of conventions having to do with albums including when is a track list actually done Mm -hmm. and answer never yeah never he could drop another track tomorrow Jay-Z's at the point of his career where he's he's just mogul status and for him innovating with albums is just finding like kind of a cheap loophole to to go platinum and make a fuck ton of money basically what Jay-Z did is he went down to his local Newberry Comics and he bought up all the copies of it (laughs) And then he went to Best Buy down the street, bought up all the copies, and went platinum just by buying his own album. I can see that as an Onion article where it's him. It's like a, <laughs> yeah. a picture of him taken by a paparazzi looking over his shoulder with a satchel full of copies yeah. of 444. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I almost wish I had another perspective on this or another take. Um, but I also haven't listened. I also haven't been that interested. I see it's getting good reviews, and I am at least somewhat compelled by the story of it and, again, the aesthetic, but I haven't taken the time. I think the story of it you can just get by reading the think pieces about it because it is getting good reviews, but it's getting good reviews in the way that legacy artists like him get good reviews where the reputation's there, so that's already a built-in kind of positive score, and it doesn't suck, basically. So people are like, oh, it's good because it's Jay-Z and it doesn't suck. So it's getting an 8 out of 10. Let me ask you this. How does this sway you? It's length, 36 minutes. What? That's it? He's, like, on, that, he's on that Vince Staples shit. Yeah. Are I, you serious? 36 11. That just changed my tune entirely on this. Sean, 10 tracks. <laughs> Jay, wow. I might listen to this. So if anyone's but like, listening... Well, how are you going to access it? I don't know. Maybe I'll make a fake account for title. That, that's that's such not a the, pain in the ass. It is a pain in the ass, and I feel kind of weird doing it. Um, just to explain to listeners who maybe are unfamiliar with our take on album lengths, that's right in our zone mm. that we love. It's like the 30 to 40 minute range. That's a perfect length for an album. Uh, unless you're doing some grand masterwork where you really need all the extra right. time. But what we've noticed is a trend in hip-hop albums to exceed uh, an, an hour sometimes by a few minutes or 10, 11, 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Looks like there's a Frank Ocean track on here. I, I hope this is a new trend Ooh. in rap. How's that? Sean, Beyonce is on a song called Family Feud. Queen Bay? Yeah. Are you serious, Jake? Here's the thing. How This is probably really engaging for listeners to be listening to us discuss this album that neither of us has listened to. I'm looking literally right now at the Wikipedia page uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, there's a song called Family Feud. We have no expertise at all. Oh no, I guess that album. sort of addresses that's why people that's are like, oh it's a lemonade response. It's like, well no, it's only that one song that like one verse or something on or one line on that one song. So first song is called Kill Jay Z. No. I'm just saying, like, okay, 10 tracks, 36 minutes just swayed me a little bit. Okay. It has me maybe thinking about giving it one listen. So, (laughs) basically album of the year for you is what you're telling us. 
if anyone is tuning in as a big Jay-Z fan, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry that we don't have anything better to say. I just don't know what to tell you. Like, if you can give me a great reason why I need to get into Jay-Z or... How about that he, like, pioneered rap as we know it? Is that I a good know. reason? Yeah, it is a good reason. That, it's a great like, Con- reason. Kanye West, our favorite rapper, yep. one of our favorite artists, was under his tutelage for a while. How about yeah. that? Is that a good well, enough reason? And another reason is that I like his hits. Yeah. I like the songs. These are all good and compelling reasons yeah, to get into Jay-Z. I guess what I'm running into is I don't have a whole lot of articulate things no, to say. No, the one argument I think we can make is we were a little late to Jay-Z. Yeah. Like, Jay-Z, by the time we were serious music fans, Jay-Z was already established as this legend and we didn't have the context for that. So I think there's a little resentment because it's like, well, what have you done for over the past decade, Jay-Z? Nothing. I don't know that I resent him. I just, like, I don't know. I, never... I resent the narrative is oh, what I mean. Because it's yeah. like, well, I don't see it. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I just never feel that compelled by his releases or whatever to listen, but I don't know. Maybe this one will change our tune a little bit. Maybe if we yeah. actually listen to it, this might end up being the thing that kind of... I'm not, I'm not fucking with title. Changes the tide, not, so to speak. I'm not doing that. No? I've sw- I, that was kind of an unspoken uh, thing for me this year. Like, dealing with title, yeah. Apple Music last year, the free trials. I got roped into paying for title for a little bit because I wanted to keep listening to Lemonade and Neil Young when that was only on title and Prince. And I was just like, fuck all this. Like, no, I'm not doing that again. You know what I could do? Is I wonder is it on iTunes? Do you think, or is it literally only title? Uh, do you think it, it has, might be on iTunes? Because it was just my birthday, and I got like a just Visa gift card. Oh. Maybe I'll just buy a digital copy go. of it with my fake money. Yeah, maybe it's on like Amazon or something. Could be. I yeah. did get Amazon gift cards. There you too. go. Yeah, look into that, and then I'll share it with you. Okay. Do, do I mean uh, you'll buy your own copy <laughs> legally, <laughs> and you'll contribute to the music industry yeah. with your own money. Sounds good. Uh, so I have... <laughs> yeah, what's your trust tree? Yeah, Share this with the people. This is a true... You're very shaded in the trust tree. Yeah, I, well, I need shade, especially after just like probably some embarrassingly uninitiated takes about Jay-Z. Yeah. Um, I realized over the weekend that I love the song You're Still the One by Shania Twain. Um, this is So this is a trust tree in the fullest sense of the word where this was like a, I think, 90s just soft rock slash country mm-hmm. hit. Mm-hmm. In New Hampshire, we have this radio station that plays at night a show called Delilah, which is a show dedicated to love yes. songs. And it's basically this woman who... And she might even be nationally syndicated. I think I don't she know. is. I think okay. it's a nationally syndicated... I think it is. So big shout yeah. to Delilah, big friend of the pod. We're sort of contemporaries. We're both in the radio industry. Um, you know, just a few titans. Some trailblazers. Sean, Jake, and Delilah. <laughs> Um, but listening back to Delilah all these years later, I realized that she says a lot about God and stuff. Like she'll talk, like people will call in and be like, "My husband left me," and like I don't know Were the what I'm gonna dumb do. Dumb Southern accents, not a dead giveaway that yeah. like this wasn't just a New England based show. Yeah, well, no, it's not always a Southern accent. I, I don't know why I defaulted into that. But Delilah <laughs> is usually like, you know, I just trust the big man upstairs, and she's like, and now I'm gonna play a song for you. He's like, he has a mission for all of us. Wow. And she'll give love advice. And Anyways, yeah, that's a yeah. long tangent Th- to say this is one I remember hearing when this was on the radio at my house as a kid when I was like going to bed because we would listen to it at, at uh, night night time. <laughs> Throw on Delilah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is actually a fucking awesome song, yeah. dude. I don't know what to tell you. It is a pop like jam. It's this nice slow ballad. The way the guitar comes in the chorus I really liked. I didn't anticipate. I'm as surprised as anyone <laughs> that, that this is coming up on the podcast. I liked it so much. I was legitimately and without irony going to make it my recommendation of the week. Wow. This week. Wow. And I decided it's really more of a trust tree. Yeah. Because I also realized it's not a recommendation I'm doing anyone any favors with. Because right. everyone's heard it. Right. No, right. No one hasn't right. heard... You're not uncovering this diamond in the rough. No. It's not like... Yeah. It's not like some hidden track off an ambient album. <laughs> it's, it's, one of the, it's like a big hit by one of the right. biggest artists of the last few decades. So I know we've talked before about making that Pop Gems playlist. Ooh. I think we need to just keep working on that. Throw these songs in there when you come across them. I yes. made it a collaborative playlist for us. You did. So let's just add to that as we come across these. Do you like this song enough yeah, to be throw, on there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Throw it on. Throw I it think on. I, I. It's one of those ones where I, I had a new appreciation yeah, for it. Let's throw it on. So we're out of the shade of the trust tree. You can make fun of me now. If we're you want. in the full light of yeah. truth. We're in the uh, light. No, it's fine. It's a. It's a catchy song. The blistering sun. It's a catchy song. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be a hater. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay.
new segment that we have. Uh, so the summer months get a little bit slow in terms of music news or new albums coming out. So what we wanted to do was introduce a new segment called Embrace Debate. We are kind of stealing from uh, ESPN and PTI and Pardon My Take and basically the sports talking head world. Uh, we wanted to throw out kind of hot takey but just sort of normal like quick discussions about music about literally anything that we want so like for example if jake and i happen to be listening to the beach boys a lot this week like we happen to be mm -hmm. we can have a quick discussion about the beach boys and what we're actually going to do is we're going to have a timer it's going to be like four or five minutes long we haven't really decided what the length is going to be yet with this inaugural episode let's try four and okay. see how it goes okay we'll, tr we'll start out with four we have uh, not at all jarring or scary alarm that goes off at the end of the four minutes uh, and then we're going to move on to the next segment. Or we're going to pull Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser and just talk over the alarm. Talk right over. And uh, go from there. And so stress our producers out yeah. who are like, we need to go to commercial. And you know what? I didn't mention this in the pre-show, after show. Uh, the, you know how they would always do the countdown at the end? Yes. Where they'd get through a ton of topics really quickly? This and is pardon the interruption, by the way, but, listeners. Yeah. They would always, always run out of time. Yeah. And Tony would always be like, we'll do better the next time. I'm like, have you ever come in under time? Because it's really bothering me that you don't. Yeah, they never did. So yeah. We're going to try to be better pros than yeah. Wilbon and Kornheiser. So I'm going to start the clock here, Jake. Yep. And we're going to jump into our first Embrace debate. This came, and we've started. We're counting okay. down. This started, I was listening to the Rolling Stones this week. Yep. I listened to Exile on Main Street. And I was thinking, is there a cooler album out mm. there than Exile on Main Street? My answer is a no. I don't think there is. Yeah, and so for the sake of the segment being about debate, I'm trying to think of what are some other candidates. So I'll throw some at you, yeah. and we can deflect okay. or accept. What do you think about something like, is this it? That is in the top five. That's right up there with it. You know I, what detracts I, from I, is this it for me a little bit is that they're kind of posturing. Yeah. The, the strokes. Yeah. They're, they're sort of like... As cool as they were, they're still sort of playing the part of a rock band. I think it's really it's easier to poke holes in "Is This It" than it is in "Exile on Main Street." Like like when you listen to "Exile on Main Street," you literally feel like the sweaty basement that yep. they were recording this on the French Riviera, just like smacked out of their minds and all fucked up on God knows what. Like yeah. that is what "Exile on Main Street" looks like. The cover. It feels like, it sounds like. Yeah. You can almost like smell it and feel it when you're listening. You don't get that. It's a visceral, visceral album. And the, what they're doing just sounds fucking cool. It really, really does. The only other candidate I can think of that's within the Rolling Stones' own catalog is Sticky Fingers, mm. the album that came out right before it. I still don't think it matches up to the mystique of or the story of Exile on Main Street or all of that sort of, the you know what I mean, the backstory yeah. that you just alluded to. Um there is something, like, we don't give a fuck cool about Sticky Fingers, yeah. though. Like, with the brazen, very sexually suggestive cover. Yeah. Um, you know, and sort of, like, just the brown sugar. Mm. I, there's something... There's they're, they're falling into their swagger on that album. So, I, I have two other options that I think could also be up there. Okay. Is this... It is probably... It's in the conversation. Let I think Sticky it. Fingers is also fair. Low by David Bowie yeah. is also up there as fucking cool. That cover is cool. It's a it's a 70s Berlin trilogy Bowie album. Just being able to name drop that is just cool. It is it's cool. It's got like that ambient half. The one thing that detracts a hair from its coolness is it's a little bit of an album that has its stature because of music nerd culture. Mm. It's not quite as like you're right. as overarching it's not as bit. You're right. It's you're not right. like not every, like no dude in a leather jacket's gonna be like listening to low. Maybe, maybe. Oh, I just listened to Warzawa or whatever. Yeah, or, you're or, right. Yeah. That is why it's not there. Here's another one for you. Velvet Underground and Nico. Yeah. That's that's like maybe number two. Because the Velvet Underground is maybe the coolest band name ever. It's way up Embrace there. Embrace debate. You know what else you can throw in there is like other VU albums because what's cooler yeah. than saying your favorite Velvet Underground album is not Nico? It's it's like White Light White Heat. Yeah, or, or Loaded. Lo one of those other albums. Yep. Another one I just thought of, um, not a personal favorite of mine, but I appreciate it. Raw, um, what's it called? Um, Funhouse by the Stooges. Uh, yeah, that seems like one yeah. that's like again, it's a little bit niche. It's a little bit like. 
sort of underground to be as cool as but the that Stones. gives it a coolness factor. It does. I think. And you got Iggy Pop when he was young. They're doing like they sort of the garage rock proto punk stuff. Yeah, you could also start to argue some of those Clash albums as yeah. well. How do you feel about rap albums? Is like the Illmatic cooler? Oh yeah, Illmatic's a cool album. Is yeah. is like maybe. Biggie's first album or a, or a Kanye album cooler and I know we're running out of time but defining cool is a difficult thing to do it's really hard and I think that's why the Rolling Stones work though because I think everyone agrees that like yeah Rolling Stones are cool like no matter what so yeah they definitely I mean especially in that era when yeah. they were like you'd picture them as sweat drenched in like some heroin basement addicts. not that being a heroin addict is cool ah! Oh, saved by the bell on that Ooh. one. Ooh. All right. So that didn't actually do our, uh, I didn't set the correct um, timer oh, buzzer to go off by accident. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I need to, I need to lock that in. There okay, it is. Okay, that's the right, there we there go. There it is. Yep. Set. We're I thought set that, that seemed a little bit not emphatic. It, yeah, it did. It did. Um, okay, so I think four minutes was maybe a little long. Maybe we want to go three. Yeah, we'll try three minutes. Yeah, we're, three. We're, we're building the plane as we fly yeah, it yeah, we, on this segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, second embrace debate. We're starting the clock now. Is 22 a million by Bonnie Vare the best Bonnie Vare record? Um, I'm going to go no. It's a no from you. I'm going to go. I, if anything, this speaks to how strong his catalog is, but I think I might like For Emma and Bonnie Bear Bunny. debate. I might think, I actually might think it's my least favorite record wow. by Bonnie Bear. Yeah. Wow. So I, see, I was, I was listening to this earlier this week too. This is where this, this came up. Yeah. This was my album of the year in 2016. It would still be my album of the year in 2016. I might say that this is my favorite Bonnie Vare album because really? it's so varied in its sounds and it pushes the Bonnie Vare sound to new and exciting places. Yeah. You get those first few songs that are like straight up electronic folk rock, basically. Um, I don't even know how you want to describe that. But then you transition into, you have, um, what's that song? Stratford Apartment. Yep. That is basically like that, that for Emma sound. And you get some more accessible stuff towards the back, like you get uh, Infinity or whatever that sounds like Beth Rest. And yep. you get some songs on there. You're getting like a little taste of all of the best Bonnie Vare on there. That's the one I always want to listen to now yeah. when I want to listen to Bonnie Vare. Um, I think the knock on For Emma is it's too much of the same thing. Where it's just, yeah, it's kind of like but, this slow but, acoustic. Like, but, it's great. It's great. Don't get me wrong. I got to get in there because we're against the clock. For Emma is one of those albums that's... There are certain albums where, like you said, you want variants. You want them doing a lot of things. Like we're going to talk about The Clash later on. Yeah. They're a band where, like, they have albums where they do a lot, about a lot of different stuff. But there's also something to be said about the album that, like, perfects a sound. And does it throughout the track list. Mm, yep. And it's pretty much... Just unequivocal in terms of what it's going for. I always felt like Fremo did that. Here's another thing, though. This is important too. I have more time and context. Right, right. That's a big with one. those That's two albums. One. Yeah, maybe a little more time with with yeah. uh, Twenty Two A Million will get me there. And, and for me, if I'm gonna pick a second favorite, or if there's gonna be one that is actually maybe the best, it's it's the second album. Yeah, it's probably Bonnie Bear. That's Bear. my because it's. I think if you really want to make the argument, you can say, you know, you're getting some more of the varied electronic sounds on there to start. Um, you're also, still getting the acoustic stuff of For Emma. It's probably the happy medium. I also think it is his strongest songwriting. Is okay. his second, the second okay. album. Okay. Um, Perth is a great example. Yeah. Holocene's an example. Michigan Towers. I think of. Yeah. Beth Rest, I love. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that's the best. I could, I, I could see an argument for one day... 22 a million will be second. And here's the thing, though. And like I said at the beginning of the segment, um, it only speaks to how powerful, how good it's, his catalog is. Because I love 22 a million. I think it's great. Ooh, and there is the alarm. There's Embrace debate. We got one more. Quick, Quickly on that, though, one final point. It, Paul is, will, will Bond. Is 22 a million sneaky, like, not as well-respected as it should be? Is know. there a narrative? There's a slight narrative there, I think, where people are like, "Oh, like Bonnie Vare doing weird shit again." Like, I'd have to look at its Metacritic score. I don't. I don't think it's going to come out in the Metacritic score. I'm talking just like kind of hmm. pot shots on Twitter. 
from certain people. <laughs> Maybe I haven't seen the pod shot. Okay. Keep your eye out for that. I think there's a, a slight counter-narrative to how good that is. Okay, so here's our third Embrace debate. Okay, we're going to start it. Starting the clock. Okay, is there a band with a more confusing discography and overall vibe than the Beach Boys? Here's what I mean by that. If you look at their band history, what even the hell is their identity? Because they start off as this beach-themed pop band, then they become these psychedelic auteurs where Brian Wilson is like the leader and he brings on pet sounds. Then in the 70s they're doing weird shit like Surf's Up and they're doing uh, like late 60s Wild Honey, Sunflower, those sort of weird psychedelic albums. Then in the 80s they become just this corporate entity where they had Kokomo and John Stamos sang on an album. Is there any, like, do you think they ever thought about like what's our identity as a band? So I, I think the answer to this is probably no. I don't think there's anyone else like this, really. The Beach Boys are fucking weird. They really are. They're really, really weird. And I think the issue with that is, one, they started off as a like surf rock, and they're all like, this is great. Keep the money coming in. They were like a theme band. They then were they, a then they band. tried to be artistic, and basically everyone but Brian Wilson was like, "Nah, like you're fucking with like a good thing here. Cut it out." But eventually they got on board. Yeah, you look at like the early '70s, late '60s. Carl Wilson starts writing more. Even Mike Love gets in on the mix. So I think one of the things about this too is their discography itself is really confusing and like impossible to to orient yourself and be like, okay, this came and then it was this, but it's like, well. No, the smile sessions were were like scrapped, but it came out with Smiley Smile, and then there's all these songs on the early records that are on multiple different records, and like it's very very confusing to stay yeah. on top of. The discography is impossibly confusing. Also, um, I don't remember what I was going to say. You go. The other the point about that, like if we're talking about confusing discographies, the only one that I think rivals that or maybe even surpasses it is the Beatles, actually, because the Beatles confusing. Oh, with kind the of had the same releases. thing with all the American releases and albums getting chopped up and people not understanding what was on what. The difference with the Beatles though is it's confined and there's now an accepted right. like canon. Yeah, you're right. You know what the major albums are with the Beatles and in a way it's not confusing at all. With the Beach Boys, this is what I was going to say. I was looking at their discography yesterday on Wikipedia going through all of them. There was a period when they weren't particularly productive. I think it was the late 70s. <laughs> Like three or four years in a row, they released a new greatest hits album. <laughs> Keep that cash cow mooing. It just is unbelievable to me. Like, and I just don't understand what they're about because you have they they have this sort of like childlike element to yeah. them. Like they write songs like on Surfs Up, like "Take Care of Your Feet," right? Where it's just like this dude. And on uh, fucking Smiley Smile, they're talking about like wind chimes or whatever. There's weird songs that they're writing. And when Be- when I say the Beach Boys are weird. I mean it in a way that's different than other bands. Like, the Beatles got weird. They did psychedelic shit. Like, Jefferson Airplane's weird. It's a different type of weird. The Beach Boys are unintentionally weird. Right. They're strange guys, it seems. Oh, out of time. Uh, That's, hey, man, that that was a rich conversation there. But, yeah, Beach Boys are fucking weird. They're weird. They are. I, I think, to answer that Embrace debate, is there any band who's more confusing than them? No. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it has to be no. I don't think so. I was trying to think of anyone where it's even close. No. No. So I think we should settle in on the three minutes. Three seems good. Three feels like the right amount of time. Yeah, three, three is a good amount of time. Because it presses us a little it for does. time. It does, yeah. Uh, so Embrace Debate. That was the new segment. If you have a, an Embrace Debate topic, let us know. Reach out to us on Twitter, at ListenInPod. Um, we'll come up with some more, I'm sure. Yeah, but can be literally anything. Yeah. If, it's like the, if the idea is just a quick discussion, yeah. hit us up. I like that. And we'll incorporate it. Okay, we have a Mount Rushmore for you. So Jake mentioned The Clash earlier. Um, I've been on a big Clash kick this week. Uh, It's been a long time coming. I hadn't listened to them in a while. I'm glad I was able to revisit them lately. And so a little history there with us and The Clash. Uh, I definitely like The Clash, and I've listened to London Calling and now Combat Rock once, but I love London Calling. You have a different history where you had... A major phase of Yo, Clash yeah. fandom. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a very very big Clash fan. I've listened to everything they've put out except for Cut the Crap, um, specifically because I just I don't want to listen to it because I know it's not good. Mick Jones isn't even on Mick it. Mick right? Jones isn't on it. It's basically just a Joe Strummer album, and even he was like, I don't give a fuck about this. Um, also, a bad bad album. Name. Yeah. So I, crap. I I didn't I don't I've I've heard this is England, uh, but I've is it never, good? That song's fine. It's like the lead single. It's okay. Let me ask you this: Is there any weaker 
word than crap? No, crud. Crud is yeah. Crud. Cut, cut the crud. <laughs> but that's like funny. It's funnier. Crap isn't funny or edgy. Cut the crap sounds like something a dad yells at his preteens. Yeah. In the back seat yeah. when he's not ready to swear around them yet. Right. Guys, cut the crap. <laughs> They're back to like messing around with the groceries. One of them already popped open the Pringles. <laughs> that's that's where Joe Strummer was at in 1982. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. What happened to Mick Jones? Was he like a drug addict or something? Mm, I legitimately no. Don't know. They just kind of had a falling out and like left the band. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. He started the uh, d- a different band. So I'm a huge Clash guy. Uh, so what I did for my Mount Rushmore, um, I picked one song from each of my four favorite albums by them. So I picked from London Calling, Sandinista, Combat Rock, and their first self-titled album. Give them enough rope. Got got uh, left out in the cold, and none of the songs from their like compilation albums uh, made the cut here. Even though there's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, so mine, uh, my representation representative from London Calling, is actually lost in the supermarket now. Used to be Rudy Can't Fail, used to be Hateful, even Train in Vain were up there. Lost in the supermarket is Wasn't the card is what sheet one of your now. favorites? The card story? sheet was up there too. Yep, yep. Um, lost in the supermarket has, has supplanted all of them. Such a good song. Uh, yep, so my representative, <laughs> I'm in trouble with that, is uh, from, from Combat Rock is Straight to Hell. Not only is this my favorite Clash song ever, this is one of my favorite songs of all time, Jake. There's a certain mood going on in that song that it yeah. just always hits me. Yep. I, I always feel something when I hear it straight to hell. Big shout to MIA for sampling that on Paper Planes. Yep. People forget that. Um, my Clash uh, self-titled pick is Janie Jones, the uh, first track on that album. Um, then my pick from Sandinista is... Up in heaven, parentheses, not only here. That could honestly change on an hourly basis. Like What's yesterday, I was thinking like Corner Soul. Other days, I'm thinking maybe Charlie Don't Surf or Washington Bullets or the list goes on and on. Uh, that could be anything. I think Sandinista is among the most just like even of the best tracks where they could all just be be my favorite. See, I've never listened to Sandinista and it seems like quite an imposing list. And I was looking at it's like an hour, it's 144 minutes. Yeah. It's over it two is, hours. It's, it like is it's yeah. a true triple album with yeah. 36 tracks. Yeah. It's very long. Is it worth it, though? It's, it's so worth it. Yeah. I actually think you'd really like it. I'm sure um, I would. I'm sure I would. You know, I've been listening to that more than any of these over the past week, and uh, it's actually... Maybe it's because I just was able to listen so much when I was younger, and I just got used to it and know it all, where it just it doesn't seem intimidating anymore. And I listen to it now, and I'm like, oh, Jake will dive right in with this. But when you've never listened to an album before and it's over two hours... For me, it's just the length. That's like impossible. It's the length yeah. above anything else. Yeah. So I'll give you my Mount Rushmore. It's more basic, bitch. Okay. I also have Straight to Hell. I already talked about why. I also have Lost in the Supermarket. Um, that's an amazing song. Mick Jones, right? That's yeah, a Mick, yep, a that's Mick, a Mick song. Yep. I'm starting to get... Yeah. I'm trying to listen now for which singer's which. Actually, I used to think it was harder to tell. It's actually pretty easy. Yeah. Because and, and, Mick has a much clearer, slightly higher voice. Yeah. Joe Strummer sounds like he just gargled gravel. <laughs> You're right. And Mick is... His songs are way more melodic. It's pretty easy which ones to tell which ones are his. They are usually catchier. Uh, Rudy Can't Fail, I have in mine as well. And Train in Vain. So yes. I went three London Calling tracks yep. and then... And honestly, hell. that's what mine would have ended up being too. It would have been three London Calling tracks and Straight to Hell. I maybe would have switched out Train in Vain or Rudy Can't Fail for Hateful instead. And that would have been mine. But What I realized about Train in Vain is even though it's like, again, a pretty basic pick... That's such a good song. I just love that song. Quick question. What do you think is the better combat rock major single? Is it Rock oh. the Caspar or is it Should I Stay or Should I Go? I go Should I Stay or Should I Go. Easy. I, I, and I t- actually, I went through a phase with both, both of those because you hear them all the time on like classic rock radio. Yeah. And I used to hear Rock the Caspar in the the weight room for football during high school. So I grew to not like that song very much. There have been phases in my life where I've disliked both of them because I thought, should I stay or should I go was too simplistic. I actually love that song now. Considered including it on mine because I realized how crunchy and awesome the Mm -hmm. bass is in that song. And it's it's like, it's just like the energy in that song is so great. It's also in Stranger Things. That's right. Featured prominently. What's your answer? I think they're both basically dead even. It depends on my mood. I think I probably lean slightly more towards should I stay or should I go. 
as well. Casbah, I, I didn't know, was like, I guess like written by their drummer. Topper or... Topper Heedy or whatever. Heedon or something. Yeah. I yeah. guess he wrote all of the music to it and then presented it to the band. And Joe Strummer threw his lyrics out. Threw, threw, <laughs> basically told... They weren't militant enough? No, he basically... Yeah, he told them he was like, these like aren't very good and just wrote new yeah. lyrics. But the band liked the vibe of the... Nice. Of the sort of the song. Uh, so sounds like you know a lot about the Clash, Jake. Good thing we're doing uh, two truths and a lie later. Should we? Should we do Let's that do it right now. now. Let's yeah. do two truths because we'll stay yeah. on the Clash and yeah. then we have a trim the fat okay. in the episode. All right, we'll do our, our two truths and a lie. Uh, when we're doing the Clash, like Jake said, this one um, I think you're gonna get, but we'll okay. we'll see. All right, so number one, during the 1970s, the Clash's manager tried to replace Mick Jones with Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Hmm. Number two. Bassist Paul Simonin sang vocals on one track of every Clash album until he left the band in 1982 before the release of Cut the Crap. Number three, The Clash received no royalties on the first 200,000 copies of Sandinista that were sold due to the expense their label had to pay to release a triple LP. Okay. So we have number one, trying to replace Mick Jones with Steve Jones. When did you say that was? In the, during the 1970s. Okay. Number two, Paul Simonin sang vocals. Number three, no royalties. What's the full Simonin thing? He he sat on every one until he Sa- yeah. quit before cut the crap. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna guess. So I think the third one is true. I think I've read that for some reason. The first one. I just can't imagine why that one would be false. I'm going to go with number two as false. As false? You are correct. Am I really? You are correct. And that's what I thought. Yeah, so um, that is true about Mick Jones trying to be replaced by Steve Jones. That would have been a big mistake. Yeah, Steve Jones is not even close to as competent a songwriter. No, and uh, yeah, that is true about Sandinista. They wanted to sell the album. The triple album for the same price as a normal single LP. Very, very left of them. Very clash of them. Um, so the label was pissed. And they're like, okay, well, we'll take it out of your end because fuck you. And uh, the story also goes that the clash were pissed that their label, CBS, gave them a hard time about releasing London Calling as a double album. And then like a month later, they released The River by Bruce Springsteen as a double album. So oh, they're like, all right, fuck you. We're going to do a triple album this time. And they were still pissed about it. So yeah, they didn't get paid. I guess The Clash were like always in debt to CBS and didn't break even until like 1982. Really? Yeah. So they didn't even break even on Sandinista? No. Because no. the thing is, like, that's not an album where they had like huge hits, is it? Uh, I think I think there were some strong singles from it. Like I think Magnificent Seven and maybe Police on My Back. Yeah, and Police on My Back seemed like something. So I think yeah. I think there were still some hits. I don't think to the level that like maybe London Calling had or anything. Yeah. But it was still it was like a it was a hit out. It was like um, number one in a lot of end of the year lists. Right. Uh, the one about Paul Simonin, you're correct. He did not sing on every track. His first and I think only is Guns of Brixton. Uh, oh, is on, it the only one? Calling, yeah, he he wrote in and sang that song. I didn't. So it's the only one he ever yeah. sang. Yeah. Oh, I my guess was gonna be that he didn't leave the band. I thought that was what oh. I got. It, I got lucky. Yeah. I got yeah. lucky because the I thought too when I was making this, I was like, this extra detail is actually what's gonna fuck me on this because like that's it, like it kind of did because what I thought was I was like maybe what he's doing is taking somehow a Mick Jones fact and replacing. Put Simone in it instead. I, I thought about that. I was like, should I just not include that? But then I was like, but it makes it more like yeah. You might you, sometimes you have to go for authenticity. That's right. You might have had me, but I don't know. That's I right. feel like I I think you would have probably guessed it anyways. Yeah, feels good to get a win. It's yeah. not often. I feel like we've had more lately of us of, of the yeah. guesser getting the. Two I think truths it's the lie. gamesmanship of. I think we're getting better at guessing. Yeah. So that was our two truths and a lie. That was our clash talk. Uh, let's wrap up with. Trim the Fat. Trim the Fat. And today, uh, I picked an album for it, although I think we've talked about doing it before. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do The Life of Pablo. I feel like Pablo. <laughs> when I see me on the news. Um, so, yeah, Life of Pablo, sort of a, uh, I guess we could agree, slightly overlong album. Yeah. At so least here's lacks the a direction in some ways. It's 20 songs now, currently, because Kanye added 
like months after it came out, I think. I think he added the song Saint Pablo. He did as yeah. the last track. It still counts. It, yeah. So it's an hour and six minutes. Our rules for trim the fat are cutting albums down until they're fifty minutes or less. Yep. So there's a lot of tracks here. I was actually looking through. This might be harder than I think it is. It might be because there's a lot. Of, there's what's weird is, and we've talked I think on Twitter about this with big friend of the pod Kerry mm. um, about the fact that. It's kind of a good singles album. It There's is. a lot of really good individual yeah. songs, and cutting it in any way, I feel like, won't necessarily lend it any more cohesion because it kind no. of doesn't, it doesn't really hang together that it well doesn't. to begin with. It doesn't. So, so wh- where are you starting out with this? Um, I think we cut some of the the stupider skits. I know it doesn't get us far. Yeah, but we may as well start with like Silver Surfer so, intermission. Yo, you a wavy dude, wavy. Yeah. Wavy dude. It yeah, let's like, get let's get rid of that. Enough. I, it cuts yeah. a minute. Yeah, that cuts okay. a minute. All right, so we're down to nineteen songs, a buck five right now. <laughs> very very uh, reasonable. What about I love Kanye? See, I'm keeping that. It's only forty five seconds. Yeah, it's a nice little. It's a self aware moment from him, yeah. which I actually really appreciate. He's like, I know what you guys say. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm so I'm gonna be honest right now. I am looking at the track list. I don't totally remember Freestyle 4. Those are the ones to get rid of. Let's get rid of Freestyle 4 because I don't remember it either. Yeah, That's a sign that it's a forgettable track. Let's delete it. You know what else I don't remember? What? FML. That's the one with like The weekend, right? I think so, and I don't think it's very good. Fuck my life up. It's oh, like that yeah. One. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe we'll come back. You know what one I'm okay with getting rid of? What? Because I actually don't like know it that well is St. Pablo. The last track. Ooh, I kind of like. Is that Saint a good Pablo? song? I like. Don't really remember it. I have only listened a few times. That's the thing. Yeah, that's what's hard about this. You know what we can do? Oh, you know what I want to get rid of is facts. I don't really like facts. I kind of like facts, but I can see getting rid of it. And like, here's the deal: we can't be wishy-washy about this. I know. I get, let's get rid of facts. All right. Let's get where, rid of facts. where do we sit if we get rid of facts? All right. We've got rid of facts. We've gotten rid of Wavy Dude. And we yep. got rid of Freestyle 4. We're at 17 songs, 59 minutes. Okay. We only have a little ways left to cut. Yeah. Um, so we could like cheat and say we don't know St. Pablo that well. So he, we may here's, as well cut. Here's one for you. Yep. Do you remember how the fuck feedback goes? I sort of remember the beat and I kind of remember liking the beat. So maybe that has to go. What about lowlights or highlights? Do you remember those songs? Not that well. I don't either. I would if I heard them. What's the one that has the cool, um, like, part at the end? It's not Rihanna. It's somebody. Uh, it's like the best part of the song, and it yeah. only lasts for like 15 seconds. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's a good question. Is I'm it not... maybe at the end of like Father Stretch My Hands Part 1 or 2? I'm not totally... Or maybe at the end of Famous? I think it might be... At the end of Father Stretch My Hands. I don't totally I think it remember. Is. I think it is. So let's not touch those. Those are actually good songs. Ultra Light Beam, we're not touching. Yeah, we can't remove Ultra Light Beam. We Definitely can't not re- removing uh, Waves. I think the first four tracks you can't touch, yep. which is Ultra Light Beam, Father Stretch My Hands, Part 2, Famous. I want to say that I like feedback. I think so too, actually. And it's not really that long. It's it would, No. Low Lights and High Lights are sticking out to oh, me as ones. Low Lights, I think, is the it's kind of that gospel-y one. She's like, and Father, we pray to you. And okay. that's like not how it goes, but... I like, don't care if it goes. I think... I, let me let me just check this really quick. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Right. let's get rid of that one. Kind of like it, but get rid yeah. of it. Yeah. What about highlights now? Oh, okay. I remember this one. Not, that's, a, not a great... No. That's going to get cut. Let's cut lowlights, highlights. All right, let's see where we're at. Couple low lights right there. Fifteen songs, fifty-four minutes. Okay, we have one we more can, to go. We can cut one more. If we do one song, we could get it. And you know what? If we want to go a little lazy, I'm I don't care if we get rid of FML. I never loved that to begin with. And that would be four minutes and we'd be out of the woods. This is a cool song. It's man. actually pretty good. We can't do it. This is a cool song, and it's it's in this awesome part of the album too, yeah. where waves FML, and then it goes into Real Friends and Wolves. That's the most cohesive part of the album, actually, where I think it you start to string together a narrative of Kanye being like, you know what, man, like I go through a lot of shit, like with my family and like relationships and other stuff, yeah. and I think that all culminates with Wolves really, yeah. really well. I'm trying to see if Frank's track makes sense to get rid of. It's only 38 seconds. Oh, it's on my headphones. It's yeah, it's. It's just oh, like yeah. the out, outro to Wolves. 
And it, it's kind of nice in there. Yeah. It may as well be part it's of only Wolves. only 38 seconds. So here, here's here's my suggestions here. Yep. Either St. Pablo or... Uh, fade's like too short. 30 hours is over five minutes. Yeah, the thing about 30 hours is even though I really like the beat on 30 hours, there's that whole long outro where he's just sort of like... Riffing? But that's sort of what's kind of cool about it. It's a good beat. 30 hours. It's like, dude, awesome. You can't get rid of 30 hours. No. Dude, we're struggling with this. All right, read, read the track list as it okay, is. Okay, right now, Ultra Light Beam, Father Stretch My Hands, Part 1 and 2, Famous, Feedback, I Love Kanye, Waves, FML, Real Friends, Wolves, Frank's Track, 30 Hours, No More Parties in LA, Fade, St. Pablo. I gotta be honest with you, this is a strong track list now. It really is. I, I wanna listen to this version of the album because I think it's really good. It is really good. You know what we can do? What do we have left to get rid of? Three, four minutes? Four minutes. Let's just get rid of I Love Kanye. It's a minute. We'll, we'll yeah, but then, like, you might as well just keep it, though, because you're going to have to eliminate something else anyways. Yeah, but, like, we we could, yeah, it doesn't do us that much good. I love Fade. Wait, all right, let's quickly listen to St. Pablo. Because yeah. I kind of always liked Fade as a as a last track. LA time. You know, like, I think this song... Pablo. Well, no. It's <laughs> It's kind of a clunky line no. there. <sighs> Six minutes though. It's got a nice beat. Six minutes. Is this Sampha? I'm not entirely sure. I'm okay getting rid of St. Paul because to be honest, like... I like all these other songs better than that. Like, that's a good song, but it was never on the original track list. It got appended to it later on. But like we said, Kanye's reinventing what a track list We're is. We're reinventing what the track list is, Jake. We are. Okay, all right. You know what? Yeah. Because, we'll like, what, what else, well, what's what's your alternative to that, though? Where you got to cut four minutes. And, um, like, I, if you cut I Love Kanye, you still need to cut another three-minute song, at least, and that's tough to do. I kind of want to say... Uh, but we already agreed we can't do 30 hours. It's just because 30 hours is so long. And a lot no. of times what we've done is sometimes we'll cut Please. a song that's good, yeah. but for its length. Is it? Do you think this album suffers more if you lose St. Pablo or 30 hours? The reason I want to say that I think St. Pablo should stay are, is twofold. Okay. One, because of the name, it feels very on theme for the album. It feels like Kanye found the closing track yeah. he always needed. I feel like if we both listened to it more, we'd realize it's actually really good. Yeah. And I feel like 30 Hours, while it has that awesome sort of beat and it has some really cool parts to it, it has that whole long extended ending that goes on for too long. It's a bloated five yeah, plus minutes. you're right. You're right. You're right. Maybe that's just cleaner. And okay. then we get rid of I Love Kanye for, for good measure. <laughs> you really don't like that. No, it's fine. I like I Love Kanye. I think... I think you're probably right. I think the, the, the picks are probably either... Tell you what. Let's do this. Yeah. First, listeners, get at us on Twitter, at ListeningPod. Did we make the wrong decision at the end there? Or are there songs that you would have cut instead of the ones we picked? Two, let's run it back next week and just see if we did the right thing. Let's both listen to St. Pablo a few times yeah. and just see if we made the right call. Okay. And right. We, can, yeah. we can rescind it if needed. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, all right. So I'm going to get rid of 30 hours. So we are down now. Let me read you the track list. 14 songs. Yep. A much more manageable 48 minutes. Yep. We have Ultra Light Beam, Father Stretch My Hands, Part 1 and 2, Famous, Feedback, I Love Kanye, Waves, FML, Real Friends, Wolves, Frank's Track, No More Parties in LA, Fade, St. Pablo. That's a strong-ass album. It That's is. a better album. It is, yeah, because you get rid of some of the fat. That's you a better trim album. the fat. Uh, again, and uh, I'm glad we got rid of facts. I'm glad you didn't fight me too hard on facts. No, it, it's fine. It's a, it's it's a fine song. I think that song's kind of annoying. Yeah, what's Yeezy like the, just jumped over, jump now. I kind of like that. I kind of like it. I don't I know. I kind of like it. Yeezy, Yeezy, Yeezy. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think it's sort of annoying. It's goofy. I think it's it, great. And it is, you're, it's probably still better without it, but 
Uh, I'm gonna listen to this version of Chewing yeah. Fat. Okay. I, I yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. And he, again, this reminded me how much I like a lot of these songs actually. And again, I just took a. I went to bat for Saint Pablo, having only heard it a few times. So I Let's might hope you can cash that check. And I think some people love. 30 I feel hours. like Pablo, dude. Thirty hours is is one of the highlights for people. People love thirty. They do. Hours. <laughs> I think when Aziz, <laughs> I think when Aziz Ansari was on the Simmons podcast, I think that's when it was. Was it him who was talking about the new Kanye album yeah. and how much he liked 30 yeah. Hours? Yeah, yeah, So I took a risk. Yeah. A calculated risk. I We might rescind Let it be it. known, listeners, I was fighting for 30 hours. I wanted to cut St. Pablo. I feel like Pablo. All right. Well, we'll see if, if, if we're proven right or wrong in coming weeks. That is our episode. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. ask you I've been on a little bit of a kick lately of um, eating peaches <laughs> you a big big pit fruit kind of guy well no, but here's my this is the question though have you ever really had a fucking peach dude are you is this gonna be one of those Seinfeld mango things no. it's like, oh Jared the mangoes from this fucking blah blah blah. What I just asked is almost like a Kramer line when he's like, "Jerry, have you ever had really good paella?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've eaten peaches before. Dude. They're pretty good. Yeah. Sometimes revisit though, the peach. I've been sleeping on peaches. Sometimes I had been. You'll get a bad peach though. So this is what happened oh. to me. I got one that was like past ripe or not ripe yet, and it was like Fart too firm. Yeah, it was like eating an apple, basically, but it was a peach. I had two today that I not two today, one today, one yesterday that were like just ripe or like even that little bit, tiny bit past where yeah. they were like they were very so squishy, yeah, very juicy, delicious, yeah, like so flavorful. Are you one of the <laughs> so flavorful? Sean. I'm just picturing you like at work sexually eating this peach. <laughs> Like licking your fingers in front of a coworker. Do you, are you one of these guys who gets down to like the pit itself, and you're like sucking on the pit? I I mm, mm, I, mm. I when you take out the pit, and it's just a clean pit. I don't have a real routine worked out. Okay. I, I I'm sort of like just re-entering the peach game <laughs> okay. after after like a long time, I guess, off or not really. So I I did on the last two just eat down to the pit and then just threw the pit away. Wow, I didn't that's eat, impressive. Yeah, I mean, when I'm eating a, a fruit out. like that, I don't get down to the nitty gritty. You I like eat lo- around and then I throw it out. You got a lot of good juice <laughs> left there, Sean, around the pit. Speaking of fruits, you know what's fucked up? Uh, I was talking to my sister on shout. 4th of July, and she was saying... Older or younger sister? Or my older sister. She was saying that... To get the same nutritional value out of like an apple now, as you did twenty years ago, you have to eat like four apples. Oh, really? Because things are just like, I don't know if it's all the uh, like the uh, chemicals or shit that they use huh. to grow that, or how it, like it's sort of unnatural. But she said it's not the same nutritional value. That's interesting. Like being lost. So in the process. my takeaway from that is basically don't worry about trying to eat fruit. It's not pretty worth much. The, it's, it's not like, worth the time. Yeah, the it's opportunity like cost. Water. So hmm. just you know, that's unfortunate. Like fuck off with that. The yeah. other thing I wanted to bring up to you is what is your threshold for number of tabs open in a in a browser? I'll tell you what a it browser is. Window. I'll tell you what it is. It's not a specific number. Yeah. It is how many can I open up that will still remain the normal size uh, while still fitting on my screen. So it depends on the screen. If I have a wider screen, Jake, I yep. can open up more tabs. As long as they are all that same length. You know when you open one too many and they start to shrink? Oh, I have them shrunk right that's now. Too, that's, too mu- that's too many tabs for me. This is not the worst it's ever been. I'm showing if okay, this affects see. the volume. This is not the worst I've ever been. That's, to that's too much. It's a lot. That's too many tabs. I've had it worse. And when I'm doing homework, a lot of times I'll like open up something I'm going to quote and then open up something else. You know, and then I, open Citation Machine and I have like 19 yeah. tabs in a row opening. Well, I'm a big open up a new window guy. Because yeah. I will be usually doing, when I have a lot of tabs open, I'm usually at work and I have two monitors and I 
I go new new window, drag it across to my other one, mm-hmm. have that open, do my thing over there while still having what I was working on open. I'm for, a big new window. For me, it depends. I actually separate, I kind of bifurcate work. <clears throat> I have yeah. my work window with several tabs, and then I have my podcast slash homework oh, window okay. slash recreational and fucking around what I'm supposed to be gotcha. working. Gotcha. That's window. why I always I have, see your icon as active in our documents when you're not in oh. there. Yeah, I usually just have the spreadsheets that open. That makes sense. I usually just have I, them open. I come in and out. Yeah, I don't, I, when I, I, when I want them. to go in it, I'm opening it, so I'm only in it for a limited mm-hmm. amount of time. But mm-hmm. I always see, like, you're basically in there <laughs> see, just, at, all the time. I'm like, oh, Jake must be studying the list of albums we've listened to. <laughs> Keeping a constant watch over the list. Uh, just yeah. making sure you don't add anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no. My, my tab limit is when it starts to shrink because I like to be able to read like the yep. little preview in the tab. Yep. And once that starts to get shrunk and I can't read it much anymore, that's when I'm like, oh, too many. I Too many tabs does stress me out, though. And I, I am someone who does it, but I don't like it yeah. as a practice. Yeah. Listeners, tell us how many tabs you like to have open. Give us an Embrace em- debate. A numerical value. Um, I'm excited to see how that new segment works Yeah, out. me too. How do you think, really quick, just so I know, are we just going to... What's like the time limit we're looking at? And do we have to take you opposing know what I was, sides? I was thinking, no, we don't necessarily have to. Okay. You know what I was thinking? It'd be funny. You know how in like PTI, they have the little bell that rings? It yeah. like counts down the topic and the bell rings. We could do that on our phone. And then fucking Will Bond still talks over it. Yeah. And Tony, I'll tell you what, when I was having dinner with Barack Obama, Derek Rose showed up. <laughs> That's Derek Rowe. And then they keep talking past the, the ding. And then Kornheiser's like, yep. And he says some remark where he's like, yeah, well, I don't believe you. As he opens the next mailbag. Next one. Next one. Next well, one. While he's wearing, like, Tony Kornheiser definitely cross-dresses. I know. You've believed this for years. I think he just does. Why do you believe that? I think he was literally in a dress. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this right now. Tony Kornheiser cross-dress and see what comes up. Qu- quick Seinfeld method. There's anything wrong with that. On Tony. I'll filibuster a little bit. In PTI... Okay, maybe I'm way off base on this. I'm not they, getting anything Really back. quick, I'm going to finish my thought. Okay. When they talk past the bell, it actually always really stressed me, me out. Me too. Because a lot of times, like, when we, I was a kid, my favorite team was the Celtics. Yeah. Over Patriots, over everything. And when I was a kid, the Celtics really, really sucked. So if they had, sometimes they'd have a segment near like the bottom. Yeah. It'd be like Pierce. I'd be like, what's that? It would just get cut. I'd be like, what's that? Like, well, that's all the time we have. We'll tell you better next time. That was pre-Twitter days where you couldn't just get that news. Yeah. Like, wait, like what's going on with that? What minor news thing is Pierce involved with right now? You know, they have good segments. The good segments they have are like, I really like their happy segments. Happy trails, happy anniversary, happy birthday. You know what I always hated was like five good minutes or whatever with some like oh. college coach. I was like, oh, well, what the fuck? Like, oh, they brought on like Bo Pelini. Yeah, because like now I have to sit through the commercial. It gets to Bo Pelini. It's five good minutes, which feels like a fucking hour. Then it's another commercial to get back to the segments I actually care about. It would sometimes be like a columnist or something. Yeah. And like I never cared. As a kid, I was like, go do rapid fire. Yes. Come on. Yes. Tony, Mike. Yeah. Come on. I, I really did like that show, though. I did. It, it, really, really it was cool. like I actually, in my years of watching ESPN religiously, I would watch both Around the Horn and PTI almost every single day. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, Knowing full well that I liked PTI better, but that Around the Horn was a good appetizer. And it mm. was sometimes Around the Horn could be really good. It was. Who was your favorite Around the Horn person? Um, Guest. You know, when he was on, before he like... Went crazy. Went crazy. Jay Mariotti. You liked Mariotti? I liked Mariotti. I never did. I always thought he would seem like a jerk. I always kind of liked, um, what's his name? Bill Plaschke. <laughs> no. Kevin Blackestone. I like Blackestone. Yeah. I yeah. also like Jay Adonde. J- yes, I love Jay, and I loved Michael Smith when he was on. I also like when Bob Ryan was on. Yeah. But no, actually. I like Jackie Mack, too. I love Jackie Mack. Bob Ryan always annoyed the fuck out of me. Really? I was like, you're this old coot who, like... It just kind of like has marble mouth. Yeah, and it's like it clear. That's Woody Page who has marble mouth. They both. Well, yeah. Woody Page is just slurring his words because he's a drunk. But Bo- Bob Ryan allegedly. Bob Ryan, can you imagine anyone more New England looking than that man? No Irish name, Irish looking, yeah. just windburnt, <laughs> he looks red, red <laughs> pale skin. Yeah. 
But Jackie Mack was great. Jackie Mack was great. I, Bob Ryan, fun fact, was my commencement speaker for my graduation in college. Um, that's cool. Mine was, forget her name, the writer of Frozen. That's right. Uh, what was her name? That's right. It's like Jennifer something. So uh, we need to find a good sound effect to use. Definitely not that. No. No. It's like a, I don't know, fucking sailing. We need like a like a bell. Or Jennifer something. Lee. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yep. Jennifer Lee. Big shout. We just need, we just need like a simple Dude, thing. Like a Renico Flow ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> the listeners are getting their money's worth right now. What do you? Oh, classic. Here we go. Wait, bell. What? <laughs> God damn it! We don't need a clock tower. Are you are you looking for a stopwatch? Uh, yeah, just the the timer. Marumba, dude, th that sounds stressful. That one does too because it was once my ringtone. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's a funny one. <laughs> da da na na na. <laughs> really intense. Do they have one that's just. This, this would be on like a Cumberland Farms cover. Yeah, it would. When you come into Cumberland Farms, you can get half off a coffee when you buy six. I'm thinking about like Pepperidge Farm also. Like, mm. it's something, it's a commercial from a food like company, and they want to say that they're like, they're moving toward organic or now with all whole yes. grains. Where the fuck? I had a rubber band I was playing with all day and I dropped it. Big this shout. This doorbell one's not bad. Hold on. Yeah, it's all right. There's no just one that like dings. That's stupid. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know why we need that. So, so basically. <laughs> oh, how about this one? Wait. <laughs> this is classic. <laughs> that one has to be it. Nuclear meltdown. There's like no good one, so maybe that has been my wake up alarm. My, my, it's my alarm too. Does, does yeah. it stress you out right now to hear it? it? Yeah, and so I, what I do sometimes is I put my iPad in like a different room or across the room, uh. so it makes me go get up, and that is what it is. It's, it stresses me out so bad sometimes that I wake myself up and get myself out of bed before my alarm just so I don't have to hear it. Yeah. it's so loud. It's, it does its job, to be honest with you. Or sometimes I'll wake up if I know my alarm is for 8 even. I wake up and it's 7.59. I scramble <laughs> to try yes. to shut it off yes. before it yes. goes off. Because if it gets even one ding yeah. in, yeah. I, I'm pissed. Yeah, it, it's scary. So do you want to do one of these god-awful sounds or do you want to... Yeah. could be funny. Yeah. Which, which one do you want to do? I kind of like the meltdown alarm. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll do that one. What do we have for a time? How much time are we going to give each one? Uh, Like four minutes. Four minutes each? Five minutes. Oh, okay. I was going to say that seemed like a decent amount of okay. time. Yeah, it does. It is. Because it's like, okay, yeah. that's okay. cool. Four or five minutes. But you know what would really suck is if we don't fill the time. Like, it was scrambling. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Then we're going to test it out. We fake that we're... <laughs> That's our alarm. All right. Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll explain this segment beforehand, too. Okay. Uh, you ready to dive in? Yeah. So, explain... So, we just are literally discussing the topic for the short amount of time. This is going to be like when I text you when I'm at work and I'm like, hey, I'm listening to the Beach Boys right now. What's up with this, basically? Yeah, right. And we have like a quick conversation, like we would have through text. So it's basically like how we can have text conversations okay. where we use up a lot of our material. Okay. But on here, we're gonna t we're gonna be like Will Bond and Kornheiser and yeah. talk over the horn. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Yes. Right. This is a sneaky but a long post show. Yeah, I know. I Listeners, know. if you're still there and you tweet secret word parrot, you win a free sticker. If you pay shipping. <laughs> you pay for postage. If you pay for postage. Uh, I, you know what? You'll win like half a dozen stickers because we need to unload those. Yeah, I don't know where mine we are. overestimated how many stickers we needed. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually really sad. You know what, though? I was looking at our stats on, uh, on SoundCloud. We have settled into a nice consistent number of listens per episode. And I was looking at the users... 
there's a ton of users on there that I've never heard of that have listened like multiple times, like yeah. a lot. So, so big shout to you guys out there. Yeah, if if you're one of them, um, uh, declare yourself. And uh, you know what's what do people say? Like when you're walking into a dark room, if someone walks in. What do you like? Who goes there? Yeah, yeah. Who goes there? Who are you? <laughs> we. I want to know. Yeah. Oh, dude. Quickly, actually. Mm-hmm. So my dad said the funniest fucking phrase the other day. Okay? We were at uh, some family party. <laughs> I already can barely take it. We were at some family party. It's 4th of July. He's talking about somebody, how they spent like a lot of money okay. or whatever, how they like fretted it all away, basically. And he goes, he goes, you know, you know, he's out there. He spent all his money on women, wine, and song. And, and I was like, oh, my God. That was the best thing I've ever heard. Women, wine, and song. Dude, that is crazy. And I was like, I need to use this at the next opportunity. I have not gotten the chance to do it. Does that mean you just wasted your money on on frivolities? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Women, wine, and song. I like that women are in that category. (laughs) (laughs) He just says this like it's a normal phrase. I can can pick, you know, and... You know, he's out there. We see you waste it on women, wine, and song, and you know. Did did you like? I I was. I I was silent. I was like, I need him to just keep going, but he will have no idea how amazing that just was for me to hear. Yeah, that's a nice father-son moment. Yeah, you should tell him how much women, wine, and song (laughs) means to you. Hilarious, though. (laughs) All right, let's dive in. All right. Um, Okay, ready? Three, two, one. (laughs) 